How is it going, everybody? It's Thursday night, 8 p.m. You know what that means. It is time for your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we are here coming on the heels of the WWE Draft. 50,000 tickets being sold for AEW, but what oh, what should they actually do with that show? We're going to get into all kinds of stuff like that tonight, folks. Glad you're here. Stay with us. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. Hello again, everybody. It's Thursday night. Your Big Gold Wrestling Podcast is here, live, and getting it done. Glad you're here with us. It's Will, here with Najir, Jamal, and Damian G from all over the United States in different locations as we are on the heels of an eventful week between ticket sales and people moving around and companies. There's, there's a lot of things I would say in flux. This week, it seems not necessarily news, but things are happening. Things things are happening that I think will have long term ramifications. Now, probably be a bit of a theme tonight here, season three, episode fourteen of your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, gentlemen. How is everyone doing on this fine Thursday night? It's a dark. It's it's been a dark week. A dark Literal week. <laughs> dark outside. Dark all week. Yeah. I think we will be getting into that theme of uh, darkness later on in the show. There's definitely things happening that are maybe bringing an end to some darkness, but we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> Two James, how are you doing up there to the left of me on the top of the screen? Oh, I didn't realize I was on mute. I'm doing good, man. Not, not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you might have just got lost in the shuffle there. I don't think you were on mute. Uh, I heard everybody else except for you. So making sure we get everybody in here yeah. a little bit before we get started. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's been a week, and I guess it started last Friday, continued into Monday. Of course, it was draft week for WWE, and when we met last week, of course, nothing had happened yet. We were kind of thinking what was going to happen, who would get moved where, but now we hear here in the aftermath of the deck has been shuffled, people have been moved around, we have free agents apparently in the mix, and all kinds of things. But I guess the first topic of the evening is winners and losers of the WWE draft. Because there's definitely some people that look like they're in some prime positions, maybe some other people not so much. But I think the word I would use to describe this draft when it was all said and done, this felt like they made some aggressive moves in my opinion is it was my kind of thoughts and i'm basing that kind of on of they did a lot of call-ups from nxt a big chunk of like nxt got removed and moved up to both shows and other than that it felt like they were really trying to set things up for because you know for the last one things we talked about in the past couple weeks is they have not really been strict to like a raw roster a smackdown roster for a long time now so I think they went hard with the idea of like, okay, we need to make two distinct rosters of people here if we're really going to do this and try to go down this path again. So I think they did really hard with the idea of like, we're dividing people up and we need tag teams and we need women and we need women's tag teams. And we got to really lock this in with a division of people here. But I think an aggressive draft is what I was feeling coming out of things. Uh, Damien, let's go to you first. Um, I guess initial thoughts just in general on uh, how this has all shook out over the last couple days. Look, going back to when we had the Paul Heyman era of SmackDown, the draft for me has gone down and down and down. And after watching this past week, unfortunately, man, you know what? 
good for NXT people. That's the first thing I'm going to say. But some of the more surprising to be called up, and I think we'll get into that. But overall, if I'm looking at the rosters, I think SmackDown won. Just looking like from top to bottom. I mean, my favorite wrestler of all time, Grayson Waller, got drafted to SmackDown. So <laughs> there's a win right there. Um, but if you really look at, at the, the Raw roster versus the SmackDown roster, there is a lot of, I don't want to say young, but hungry talent when you get to the mid card or people that we really don't know a lot about. Isla Dawn, Alba Fire, for instance. Uh, the LWO is still going to be the punching bag of SmackDown. Oscar uh, went back. That's great. And uh, Rick Boogs, for some reason, is still here. And uh, Cameron Grimes to the moon finally, finally gets to make his debut on the main roster. So I'd say so far SmackDown won, but I would have to see it play out in real life to see what happens. Good point. Good point. That, that's, of course, the biggest thing right now is none of this is uh, in stone yet or in no. practice i should say yeah all this starts on monday we got to get through backlash first so we have this idea but we haven't seen any of this acted out yet lord knows anyone from nxt that got the call they uh haven't shown up yet they were all hanging out at the performance center high-fiving each other for getting their win in there uh two chains here's what i'm thinking uh what jumps out to you as like some of the biggest moves Wrong question. Even if it's just like, even if it's just flip flopping sides, or you know, wrong question. Because listen, get in here. Then. Nah, what, seriously. What you, got? what you got? Seriously, that was again. You you know, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I definitely loved job commentary last week on the show. Listen, then even though I wasn't on it, um, I don't like the draft because, like, as a sports fan, and as the NFL draft is right there in your face, correct? You're looking for a level of like authenticity to how this is done. The free agent thing is blasphemy. That makes no <laughs> sense. And then what's interesting is that while we see people move from NXT to SmackDown and Raw, well, we've seen in the last few months people also be sent back to NXT, which I think was also a, a, a component that should have been a part of this as well, too. Um, so there, like, there's parts of it that just doesn't make sense and, and, and is totally a head-scratcher to me. But I will allow this to play out a couple of weeks to kind of see you know, you know, how does this come into fold? Damien brings up a point, and the name I thought he was going to mention was Odyssey Jones, somebody that we haven't got a lot of in NXT and got moved to Raw. To Raw. So I'm like, huh, okay. Then the logic of draft picks. You, 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 you start going after champions. You go after the NXT tag champions. You go after the NXT women's champion. So you don't pick Mello? I'm confused about, like, right. the logic of this. Like, so, like, I'm thinking, like, all right, Grayson Raleigh, definitely, you know, number one contender, just lost the match. Cool. He's definitely a candidate. Now that that makes sense. Everybody knows it makes sense. But then you're like, huh. I ain't saying no names here. But, like, you think, like, huh, that person went and not mellow? I'm confused about, like, the logic in, like, the navigation of the draft picks. And, again, I get it that it's storylines. But, like, you're making the draft a storyline. So why not make it legitimate then? Instead of it just being like, huh, we're just going to, like, use this mechanism in order to shift people around forget all your logic forget everything that you've known in the last few months or year forget that the NFL draft is on the other channel we're just going to kind of do it all and, and, and hopefully you guys just you know turn a blind eye to some of the stupidity that is happening right now you don't get drafted and you come over say if the goal is the gold wouldn't you want your opportunities to be available everywhere instead of just limiting yourself and on one brand at like make this make sense to me so like that's that's a little frustrating to me but i will say in terms of a pick that i have my eyes on i also go right back to damien on this and it is grayson waller and the reason why i am excited to see him besides being a fan besides him really just you know becoming a star you know got a chance to talk to him wrestlemania weekend i've been loving what he's been doing the entire time nxt but let's remember where he got his start nxt 2.0 i mm. think he is the true testament of if that nxt 2.0 system worked i know it's gone but there was some stars that kind of rose from within but the ultimate goal is to get to the main roster so now that we have sort of our first uh graduating class let's see if great grayson waller the character of grayson waller can live up to 
everything that he was built upon on NXT 2.0, then NXT 3.0, 1.5, whatever you want to call it after that. So I think he's going to be really the the, the the ones to keep an eye on to see the others that follow behind him. And last thing, last thing, Indy Hartwell is absolutely a pick that I love. But we also could have said a month ago, that's also a person we wanted to win the champion. I right. think with her injury, I think this is literally – the best thing they could have did for her. This just makes sense. Wins the championship and automatically gets put into a roster and a scenario that we can buy into. You, you know, we, we're going to dig her little uh, relationship thing. So like, hey, she can be on TV without actually doing anything and, and, and stay relevant. And I think I think that's a good I think that's a good look for her. All right, right my, quick my before piece. we jump into Giant Crab here, we got P.A.W. in the comments here breaking it down like this. SmackDown has the stars and characters. Raw got the wrestlers who can put on five-star matches. That's an interesting take on it that I'm looking, thinking now. I'm like, okay, wait. Now, who ended up where? Who who, who actually the stars, of course, of SmackDown probably got to be the Bloodline, of course. Bloodline still resides on Friday nights. But, okay, who who would be the work, workhorses on Raw getting so, the five-star matches here? So let's just say really quickly, if that's entirely true – the philosophy of this has completely changed ever since SmackDown went to Fox because Fox got the athletes, the workhorses, the notable names, the names that is marketable outside of just wrestling. Right. That statement says we have some nostalgia act here, but we also just have a bunch of characters. This goes back to old school wrestling. The folks who wanted to tune into wrestling because they love wrestling. This has, it feels like a thing of like, it does have, it doesn't have anything to do with Fox. Now this is just, a different style of wrestling from Raw being the A show with the A wrestlers that's doing wrestling and not just the entertainment. So, all right. So, bringing up the free agent idea, so we can throw this to Crab to get in here. Since Brock Lesnar apparently negotiated his contract so to be a free agent, they so said stupid. on the show, that's how he got it. Apparently, he negotiated the mega deal to be a free agent. Seemingly in perpetuity, does that make Brock Lesnar the most valuable wrestler on the WWE roster? What do you think, Crab? Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, Jamal. I'm sorry. You get drafted, you get a contract. No one gets drafted and says, I don't want that. Make me a free agent and then leaves the money on the table because that's how it works. Because you Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar does. Clearly in Omos too, apparently. So, huh? (laughs) Jamal, go ahead. I'm done. I'm on mute. Uh, yeah, I, I had questions about the free agent thing. So, if they're a free agent, aren't technically all of the NXT roster free agents? <laughs> I guess in relation to Raw and SmackDown, they probably are. Yeah, Throw I mean, a piece because, of popcorn, Damien. Because I mean, if if it is if it's, if it is a thing where they're part of the company, but they're not on Raw and SmackDown, then they should be a free agent anyway, right? Um, and, and one thing about the draft, and I think the biggest thing that I don't like is that it's only once a year. It doesn't really make sense that it's once a year. There should be a trade deadline, mm. and maybe you know that's a thing. Um, and then the, the the trading season should be a thing. So maybe you have the draft, and maybe trades are only allowable up to the Royal Rumble or something like that. So that way the rosters are set before WrestleMania. Um, you know, there's a couple of different things they can do with it in a, in a sports related way. But it just seems that like, well, this is our soft reset and we need a, a vehicle for that soft reset when realistically they can call up anybody from XT for any reason or send them down any time of the year. And it's not a draft thing. Like the two general managers and the Fox robot aren't getting together, you know, <laughs> trying to get cash considerations and Girl Scout cookies. So if you're going to go through the trouble to make it a thing, then make it a thing. If you're not, then... Just move around anyway, because it's not like everybody doesn't know that if you work for WWE, you work for WWE, no matter which show you wrestle on. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's a, just a bit confusing how they went through such great lengths to make it a thing that doesn't really make it a thing. Um, as far as the draft itself, um, it, it, again, it's just reshuffling the, uh, the, the deck chairs. I'm not saying that... Um, you know, one, I don't know who would if there's a clear winner, because obviously different shows have different motivations for what they want. But it, it definitely seems that for the for the draft itself, um, I don't mind it. Like in, in past years, it's been completely one sided. 
you know, they, they've stacked the roster on, on one show and then kind of left the other one ha- hanging out to dry. Uh, but it is a different roster now, you know. So, and then there are other people that may not even be around for the roster because, you know, Black Trash Bag uh, season hasn't hit yet. So, um, it, it just, we just, it's just a big all wait and see. But my thing is, is that like there should be a whole, the whole NXT should be on like the practice squad then, if that's the case. <laughs> I mean, if anyone came out on the short end of the stick, in my mind, it was NXT because they weren't moving anyone down to NXT. It was just, yeah, we're taking about the middle of that card and just scooping them up. We're taking your women's champ. We're taking the women's tag champs. Where it's like, okay, take them, take them, take them, take, take pretty deadly. Get just cherry picking NXT. Like anything like Raw and SmackDown both definitely came across. Like they both got fortified with this thing. But NXT, it's like, man, they got, they better have a new class of folks ready for a TV to level or up. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The level up kids must be ready for a Tuesday nights. Yeah. That's probably what it's got to be because there is some space in NXT now that was not there before after this week. So, you know and, and, go ahead. Touche. Oh, no, I was going to say, so yeah, I, I think y'all bring up interesting points. And I think we, we know that there's signings happening. We just had a, a, a major signing uh, announced all over all the major outlets. I would love to see NXT Sean make an announcement and saying, Hey, we, we got to restock the roster. I think it's time to start calling up the NIL uh, folks, uh, you know, graduating classes uh, should be, I mean, may. So some people should be done with school. Um, but I think they should make an announcement to say like, Hey, we're getting ready to bring some new folks in and, and do a little thing about them. It's not, it's, it's not unheard of for them to have a whole little ceremony of new folks entering their roster. And I think they should do that to, have folks i mean because yeah when you talk about like nxt being hurt for the folks who care about nxt you may have turned in to see grayson waller if he's not there you're thinking well who in the world's about to fill that slot who Chase am you. i going to be well you know you know and i'm <laughs> they got snubbed by the way but i think yeah i think they should do something that does introduce uh their their new uh signees or their new folks being right. called up from the nil the performance center whatever it's going to be and i think that'd be a good look also where the hell is um uh what's his name the olympic omelas dude gable steveson <laughs> he just wrestled again like college mm-hmm. like he really went, he went back yeah yeah he, he went, back. went back and like dominated some tournament last weekend so oh, okay he apparently has not totally completely retired from what we're seeing from collegiate okay. wrestling correct yeah okay so I, I just gonna say it you know how where in NBA, NFL, we have these gurus, right? These draft gurus, Woj Bombs, Mel Kuyper Jr. This would have been the perfect opportunity to have Pat McAfee do his best Mel Kuyper impersonation and talk about the highlights if you want to make this into a draft. You know, like the measurables, the, I don't know, want to do 40 times, that's fine. But at least give people backstory on the new people coming up from NXT or someone that we may never have seen before if you're a casual fan. <laughs> you know, so obviously I would have loved to have seen what Ozzy Jones's NFL combine numbers would have been had he got, you know, the call up that way. But I really think I don't know what Pat's um, availability is, but man, that would have been a great opportunity to have him be the Mel Kiper of WWE draft season or even the trade <laughs> deadline, like Wojnowski over there at uh, ESPN. Hey, if Todd, if he comes in and be like, Todd, 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 I would lose my mind. But hey, you bring up another point. I mean, in the, um, the WWE has done a combine before. Yep. I think I loved it, by the way. And I also asked Bianca Belair about that. Like, you know, just uh, what, what did it mean to like be a part of that? And, and what did that kind of do in terms of her career? And like, Beyond the personal things it did for her, the exposure it did mm-hmm. for us, we to, to see what she was doing. I mean, these are legitimate combine drills. This is no joke. Mm, right. You see her perform the way she is, you're like, oh, nah, this is a star. I don't care what she does in the ring. This is a star. Like, she's out here putting people to shame. And I think this, I mean, think about this now. This NIL class mm. that's coming in fresh out of college. Let them get to do it. Oh my god, it it would be impressive. We can automatically start putting our eyes on folks saying, Yeah, that person, that person's gonna be good, that person's gonna be special. You know, help, 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 let them be helped out before you know WWE even do anything. Let them get that PR work from us, uh, uh that PR exposure um from us before they even get to do anything in the ring. 
Now, thinking about it that way, it's like NXT shouldn't have a draft per se, like, you know, Raw and SmackDown do. It should more so be after the draft, they then have like their new incoming recruits exactly. or exactly. something. And you phase you phase them in, do video packages on them, and like yep. do that to like replenish it. Maybe that's the idea they're going to go with. And I mean, there's a, they're definitely not doing things the way they've always done it in the past right now. So fingers crossed, maybe something like that will happen in NXT to freshen up the scene there and just to do a different approach on this. I think that was what I was really curious to see is, yeah, Vince is still involved and yeah, he's around, but it's things aren't exactly like they've been done in the past anymore. So yeah. this was the first draft to be like, okay. This could be different in some ways. It didn't feel drastically different, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I'm a bit more hopeful about this. And I figure with the introduction of that damn new title, I figure they got to, for at least a bit, they're going to have to try to make this work since they went through all this trouble to bring in a whole new belt and all this. Now, Lord knows we may be sitting here in a month and we'll already be talking about the bloodline showing up on raw when they're not supposed to be on raw anymore. But for the moment, at least, I'm thinking, all right, they got a new title they want to get off the ground. They want to try and really make this a thing. If they want to have the bloodline only on Monday and the judgment, I mean, bloodline on Friday and the judgment day on Monday. But let's see if they really do this and how strict of a line they stick with. Lord knows in the past, it, it could disappear on a week's notice, but I don't know. I'm a bit more hopeful than I have been in the past about how they might uh, make this work. I don't know. Any other thoughts on the draft, or is it time to to move on? Uh, you want to hit that comment real quick? Well, let's see what we got here in the comments. What we got here? Oh, oh we're our breakdown of the workhorses. Okay, the raw workhorses. Apollo, Gable. Yeah, I forgot about Chad Gable. Cody, Cody Rose, Drew McIntyre, Balor. Oh, yeah, okay, so you are all damn Imperium. J.D. McDonough, Johnny Gargano, Kevin Owens, Ludwig Kaiser, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, okay. Nakamura. Well, when you break it down like that, you got man has a point. Man and has will, a point. And, and I mean, like, and also this is raw. So that means like you look at these names, potentials for who's gonna be the inaugural champ. So guess yeah. you can make for almost anybody. I mean, hell, you know, we love some gable here. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I'm Shake gonna say up. is. Last thing I'm gonna say is Natalia said in a podcast, and I, I can't credit because I, I just was in overlooking, had said that just because I was drafted to Raw doesn't mean I can't be I, I won't show it to SmackDown. I think uh <laughs> she's already poking <laughs> holes in it. So it's the purpose again. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I don't think that was that was the move. I mean, I get it if you're like a heel and whatever, but like again, the legitimacy of the draft, and again. I think by doing the draft and doing it on Raw and SmackDown, having folks being aware that it's draft season, NFL's right there, you know, all these little sorts of WWE-isms that's happening, that's going to turn folks off from being like, wait, what? Because it's Friday night. You got it on the screen. You got people watching. People going to be like, what's this? Oh, WWE draft? Oh, I used to watch WWE. Oh, they got a draft. What does this mean? Oh, blah, 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 negotiated a deal so that <laughs> they can show up to any show, which in in, in, in theory, that's like, Somebody got drafted to the to the Cleveland Browns, but they said I'm not going there. But I can play for any team I want after that. <laughs> no, you have to be signed <laughs> to play for that team. So I don't know. It's weird. So what's weird. the over under months wise that the draft is going to hold still like these rosters? Right I say three now, months. I, right now, I'm going to give them to Money in the Bank. Okay, I think, yeah. I think they, they got to I think they're going to. Because, well, the new champion crowned at the end of May, and then I figure they'll give it one more month with the split titles with two definite champions. And if things aren't clicking by then, they may hit the panic button by, by money in the bank. Around yeah. 4th of July, things might get a little like, yeah, uh, this ain't working. We got to get things right for SummerSlam. I could yeah. I could see them being like, we got to get things right for Detroit. One question. What are they going to do with the, with the women's champions? You mean from NXT? I assume there's a belt swap coming, but they haven't said. But like, you know, while some people may be in favor of that, some people may not, I think there's an issue here is that Bianca Belair is on a is on a historical Street. run. Historic run, yeah. So you cut it because of the draft? I, they I, need to I, they need to rename those damn belts so Raw and SmackDown is not like in them and they're not color coded and they just they can be on whatever show they're on. Right. 
you know. Like you could have like the Women's World Heavyweight Championship or whatever championship and then the WWE Women's Championship like we do with the men's simple. But yeah. no, they want to overcomplicate it with another belt swap. <sighs> and I think, and honestly, Damien, I mean, that's the way they got to do it because that's the only way this makes sense for Bianca Belair. You don't let her historical run in because of a belt swap. But if you give her a new title and she becomes the inaugural champion off break, it's kind of a fair trade-off. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're at our half. We're close to it enough. Close to least, it. So we can, <laughs> as we've done that whole deal. Hey, maybe they do new belts. Exactly. Yeah. New belts. Get rid of the red and blue belts. That's what I want to see is color-coded titles can go. And please do that for those tag ones, too, because the color-coding of the belts is just old and just causes more problems than it needs. Anyway. Enough about the draft. We are at halftime. So when we come back from halftime, it will be the indie wrestling spotlight that we do every week. And then after that, we will switch gears to AEW because they are moving tickets in the UK. And the twist is they're moving all these tickets with not a damn thing announced. So we got to talk about what the hell do you do in Wembley Stadium? Because you got a whole lot of people coming, but nothing been said about what it's going to be. So stay with us, folks. We'll be back right after this. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We'll be right back. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. again everybody thanks for sticking with us we are back from halftime and at this time of the night we always like to check out what's going on on the indie scene so giant crab get in here with the big gold belt podcast indie wrestling spotlight and this week we're going to go all the way out to the west coast for the queen of the indies brought to you by pro wrestling revolution that's uh may the 13th next weekend mother's day weekend so take mom to uh an all-woman's wrestling show why not it's at the uh, it's Pro Wrestling uh, Revolution and West Coast Pro presents the Queen of the Indies 2023. A lot of interesting matches in the tournament. Uh, you know, we got a couple of tag matches. It looks like a full house next weekend. And that's uh, 6 p.m. local time out there in San Francisco. The United Irish Cultural Center, 2745th Avenue in San Francisco. Basically, it's by the zoo. If you're familiar with San Francisco out near Ocean Beach. So, uh, you know, take Muni. Pack your patience and uh, get out there and see some wrestling Mother's Day weekend for West Coast Pro and uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver. It's the Queen of the Indies, uh, you know, tournament in San Francisco. You can get your tickets at QOITickets.com or you can watch it on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, you check out West Coast Pro; they have all their information on their Twitter, uh, WC Pro Official. But it's Queen of the Indies in San Francisco next weekend, May thirteenth, a Saturday at six p.m. Forty uh, fifth and slowed out there and. You know, Ocean Beach area, San Francisco near the zoo. Uh, looks like a hell of a card. I think I will be watching that on independentwrestling.tv. And that's the Indie Spotlight for this week. Awesome, awesome. If people take their moms to Indie Wrestling on Mother's Day, I want to hear about it. That is a story I want to hear from some folks if that goes down. And hey, why not? Out of the box idea there for a Mother's Day uh, activity to do. So interesting stuff. Awesome. Good stuff happening on the West Coast. The indie scene is getting hot again. This summer is just, I think, going to be a lot of damn shows going on. People are out and about, so that's good to see. In other news, people moving tickets and all this. What was it, two days ago? Yeah, it's been two days. So two days ago, the tickets for Wembley Stadium went sure on you, sale. Make sure you what? know how many tickets were, were sold. because. Oh, I know where we're at right now because it keeps changing. It, it's going up, up, up. I'll give them that. Yeah. There's a whole Twitter fuss about people reporting different numbers. Oh, yeah, between that and what the configuration is. And, and yeah, there's. (laughs) I don't want to upset Tony. I don't need no smoke from Tony because I got to give the man credit. 
<laughs> the tickets are getting sold. Yeah. And I don't care yeah. if it's scalpers or not. And I'm not claiming it's scalpers. Hell, money's money. Either mm-hmm. way, the tickets are getting sold. That's the big thing right now. So for what I'm hearing before we went on the air tonight, he's claiming we're at 50K. Mm, have been sold damn. for this thing so far. So those, they're moving. They are uh, moving. Uh, all I know is, and we're going to redact this name, but all I know is Codename Alligator is 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 doing his work right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. If folks are looking for a, a ticket package, there's probably someone they can look to. Yes. Yes. My God. Blast from the past right there. Okay. Yes, sir. Anyway, 50,000 tickets already moved for a all-in in Wembley Stadium. And I think the most interesting part of this is this is just on the idea of AEW doing a show in Europe, first time over there. And clearly people are hungry for AEW in the UK and in Europe because they are handed over that money quick. Yeah. The big question to me, though, is what is this show going to be? Because we got nothing announced. The most we have is a graphic. And I guess people are assuming, well, who's on the graphic will be on the show. But there's no guarantee of that. I would think, you know, all the big names are going to be on there. But you never know. There's time between now and August when this happens. And we don't have anything announced or any even teased of any sort. So I don't know. Who would like to jump in here first? What do you do with this show? With it being such a big spectacle already, 50,000 people, what should AEW, you think, do that's worthy of this big of a deal? Where clearly, they're going to want all eyes on them with 50,000 people there, possibly more by the time this is happening. Let's just start at the top. What what the hell should a main event possibly be on this show? Well, if it's not QT Marshall versus... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> then it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> QT, you got to fill the stadium. I mean, that's that, that's the only reason why I'm interested. It's the only reason. Uh, but it, but the, the question is, of course, what, what should the uh, thing be? I think the first question is, uh, what should it look like? Uh, Wembley Stadium is an uh, 85, 90,000 seat soccer stadium. Okay, cool. But will they go the WWE right, route with the uh, WrestleMania-like presentation? Uh, you have, you know, would it be like a giant tower of London or would they do what WWE did in, in Wales and gi- have a giant video board castle? Uh, you know, what will this thing actually look like? And that's interesting to say because AEW doesn't spend a lot on production. Um, you know, whoever made the LED board is, you know, just raking in money forever because that's pretty much what everybody does now and just programs them and it, and it looks good. And that, that's all it is. With that said, if they want to go all in, does that mean that they just go all in and have a big, massive production, which cuts out <clears throat> maybe 20,000 seats or so in one end of the stadium? Uh, you know, who who knows what that is going to look like? Or do they go to WWE SummerSlam type of route where it's a very small entrance? Uh, the Royal Rumble, for example, really small entrance, small footprint, and so that they can pack in more people. Uh, you know, so are we looking at 50,000 encroaching on 60 or are we looking at 50,000 encroaching on 85? Uh, you know, that's that that's going to be an interesting thing now. Or will they just do what they did in New York for Grand Slam and just keep scaling it up until they didn't couldn't didn't need to scale it anymore? Um, and that's what they that's what they did both times. They they set a mark. Uh, we're going to scale up to 15,000. And then as the demand, uh, you know, need. Uh, needed it they scaled it up to 19 and change or whatever uh they could do that so as far as not announcing the uh any participants not announcing the card um that's fine i mean they have a pay-per-view to get over uh which will be at the end of the month uh they'll need to fill out whatever their summer is going to be because the the other pay-per-view is the week out so that actually comes to the the third biggest question is Will this complement or detract from All Out, which is the next week? Uh, can you can AEW actually do two pay-per-view events in a row? Also, actually, is this a pay-per-view, or is just yeah, this absolutely. is this just English England's largest house show? Yeah, um, at this point, oh. it hasn't been said that's a pay-per-view. Right, it hasn't been said that it's even going to be televised. We just know the thing is going to happen. 
Yeah. Now, obviously, it's going to be recorded, but we don't know if it's going to be televised. This could just be the world's largest house show. And <laughs> they could just do a thing. It's a one-off show. Nothing really matters. You get to see your people. You get to have fun. Four good hours. Don't put too much thought in it. You know, do the show. Go back home. Go back to Chicago, wherever all in's going to be. And then continue the storylines that way. It would be smart for them to do that because I don't know who's going to pay for a pay-per-view twice. The thing's in England. And the and the large lion's share of their audience is in, in America and Canada. I don't know if they can get away with a 3 o'clock you know, dynamite because that would be 8 p.m. in England or, or whatever the show may be. Uh, who's going to air that? Is Turner going to air it? You know, will that conflict with other sports? Because Turner's not going to give up, uh, you know, other sports for that. So there's a lot of those questions still remain to be seen. And we have until August to figure it out. Well, they have until August to figure it out. But uh, I, I think, you know, there are interesting things. Obviously, people are really fixated on the numbers and, you know, the accuracy of the numbers. And OK, fine. I mean, they do it with WWE, too. Uh, WWE says that 7.8 billion people were inside of Madison Square Garden for WrestleMania 20. All right, cool. Oh, yep, that's literally <laughs> the entire Earth, and they all went to the Garden. They were up in the in Section 500, up in the upper upper rafters. It doesn't really matter uh, how many people go because you're not going to be able to hear on your shitty two channel audio system the difference between 55,000 people and 75,820. So your headphones ain't good enough to sit to hear the difference. So let's just, you know, pump the brakes on that a little bit and actually focus on, you know, something that's a little bit more pressing, more, more pr a pressing issue is if this show is all in and it turns out to be a bare bones house show, is that the definition of all in? And I think a lot of people could be disappointed at the presentation because they went to Wembley instead of the O2 or Manchester Arena or a smaller venue. They went to Wembley. They sold out a venerable event in, a, in their 100th anniversary to put on a house show where they come out of a closet behind a curtain with the uh, Ring of Honor, uh, you know, Sanyo from 2012. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I mean, I do too. But that's not the definition of massive investment spectacle that well, we are yeah, used to seeing from wrestling. Well, there, I mean, there's, def there, there's definitely a segment of folks that I'm sure are just looking at this as a stadium show and they're and now with these numbers out, we're in the 50 K range, you know, damn well, there's people being like, they got to have like a WrestleMania level presentation. There are some people that will be disappointed if they do not get that. And there's no reason for them to technically expect that at this point. Cause that hasn't been AEW's calling card yeah. previously. They haven't done any big, like, you know, pay-per-view sets or anything like that for the most part. So, 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 yeah. so, Let's let's let's. I mean, we're all here. Let's not speculate here. Let's 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 ask the real questions here, Jamal. What th my first question is: What's it going to take for you to want to cover it? You know, you cover AEW for us. You paying for my you, ticket to London? I, I mean, <laughs> besides us going into the piggy bank, who oh, would okay. actually make you want to go? I mean, this is a big question because you, coming from a media standpoint, what excites you for this? And then the other general question is: While Jamal is world traveled, and and and, and I, you know, I could. I, I, I can speak for myself as well, but like there are going to be some folks that's going to be like, oh, it's London. They don't know the history of Wembley. They don't even know the excitement of why Wembley is a draw. They're just like AEW, London. Oh my God, I've never been. I want to go. So I think understanding understanding what you're getting yourself into besides setting expectations is 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 more or less like the, the logical way to go about this. But you are going to have folks that's going to think, Oh, it's a pay-per-view. It's overseas. It's got to be big. We don't know what it's going to be. But to have that expectation... Let me answer your first question real quick. Um, mm -hmm. Can you ask me, like, legitimately, what would it take for me to get over there? Um, and this is the honest-to-God truth. The show's on a Sunday night. Mm. I'm not going... <laughs> yeah. I mean, th that's really what it comes down to. If it yeah. were a Saturday night, cool, the show ends. I could be home, you know, on Sunday... Uh, and, and and this is personally because and this is like the whole stuff with Dark Knight with notwithstanding, uh, full gear is when I checked out of AEW. Um, that was the moment where I said, "This is where I get off the bus," uh, largely because they've turned into and they have to uh, a centrist 
uh, wrestling program that, and they need to get, capture more casuals. That's not what they started off with, but there are only so many hardcore fans in the pot before you need to reach out and branch out and expand your audience. And the only way to do that is to placate to everyone. And they're starting to do that more. That's not what I want to see. That's not why I, I, that's not what I want to watch. So I watch dark rest in peace, but why would I fly to London? And granted from here, it's a quick, it's a smooth seven hour jaunt nonstop. Um, if you are going to be, uh, you know, paying for my flight, I'm going to need that premium economy. I'll give you my United <laughs> miles, uh, you know, my United account number. Let's just let you know that. Need you to stretch um, out there. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we can talk. We can talk just. We can talk just. But um, but but the idea is, if this is going to be the show, and I see the people that are on the uh, the thing, it would have been different if it were. I would have been more excited if it were AEW and Progress putting together a joint show. It would have AEW and Rev Pro, AEW, God. Pro Wrestling oh, yeah, Eve, w. you know, or, or whoever, all of them, OTT up in OTT. Ireland, bring them in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of them. If it were that, you know, if, if it were like, like, oh, damn, we're going to get Joe Hendry versus, I mean, and, and so on. If it were that. The, U- if it the were, UK Forbidden Door instead of like the. Essentially, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly then I would have been more interested in the possibility of the unexpected. But I do I want to fly to London for essentially at this point, because we don't know what it is. But since nothing's been announced, there's nothing to announce. So I'm going to call it that. It's a house show. No matter how you slice it. And they're doing a house show uh, this, you know, not this weekend, next weekend in Kentucky. It's their second house show that they're doing in this house rules tour. Look at that lineup card with the roster that they have, and look at the card in London. You tell me what the difference is going to be. So, and also too, I think like we got to put into consideration what is all in. And for the folks who know and was there upon the tweet and upon the, the the gamble until the moniker of all in and and actually going all in, you can't capture that nostalgia again. I, this is never going to happen again for a while. It's gonna it's gonna take a lot of different stars to align for something like that to happen again. So the nostalgia of what All In is is obviously in this an identity, should I say, cannot be captured with this. You're just using it because you got the property. Which in this case too, if you are going to do and and try to at any bit uh, echo or mirror what All In was. Then you have to have the uh, um, the a the aw folks versus the um, roh folks of some sorts. But again, what does that look like? What is that going to be? Well, We've seen I think it all so in is a metaphor. I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a um, a metaphor with. Uh, I think it is a metaphor with the sense that they are investing in the UK, that they're going all in on the UK for their fans. Okay. Um, step one, renting, you know, a large, uh, venerable stadium, uh, step two, uh, featuring a lot of UK stars, uh, especially in their, in their presentation, their advertising and stuff like that, having multiple pre-sales, they want everybody to come out. It's going to okay. be a big deal. The problem that I have with that is that a lot of the interest is based on the pos- the potential, right. the, the, the possibility yeah. of it being, the UK fans wet dream of a of a wrestling show. It's not based on anything in reality. It's based on people wanting to hear UK soccer chants for five hours in a wrestling show. It's based on the fact that they're going to get uh, Bill Ospreay versus uh, Zachariah Sabre Jr. on an AEW show. Um, you know, it's it's based on the fact that they're going to get you know Chris Jericho versus Robbie Brookside or something like. I mean, like the possibilities of a UK Nigel McGuinness is in AEW all of a sudden. Do we does he get a retirement match? You know, like th- it's based on potential. And to be frank, I wipe my ass with potential. I need results. I need I need facts because the investment for anybody to go to a show is multiple. Uh, it's not just about me flying across the Atlantic seven hours and paying the hotel, paying the cost, buying an oyster card and traveling around London. Uh, even if you're already over there, you still need to take time off of work, school, whatever you got going on. It's an investment. And for those that have never been, that have never been lucky enough, that paywall is broken because if you're a UK resident, if you're an EU resident, 
um, you don't have to fly across the Atlantic. If you're a UK resident, you don't need a passport to see the show. It's based on that potential that this thing is hyped. That's why 50,000 people are already got their foot in the door. I've been to 2080W shows. Do I need to go to a house show just because it's at Wembley? For me, that's a no. Unless I get business class on your on British Airways with the lounge access at you know at, at Dallas. We could talk about that later. Yeah, just but, for you to get there and then don't go to the show anyway. <laughs> you already know that I'm skipping the show and going to the Harry Potter exhibit at uh Universal Studios. But again, we'll talk about that later. But for so I I don't want to sound like like I'm just putting this in a disparaging uh you know light because I have a feeling about AEW right now. But the very simple truth is we don't know what this is. And if it is a house show, AEW does damn good wrestling and they can put on a damn good show. That's not what my concern is. My concern is, is that the endless bitching and moaning from people that expected this thing to be the world and all they get is a house show. Cool for you. Get your merch. But nothing's been presented you know, and then of course, this thing is already taking a life of its own. But the internet's going to internet, so uh, I'll be good to watch it. And if it comes on TV, hey, three o'clock. You know, I can I can watch it then. But if it doesn't, it's a Sunday. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to be brief with mine. Uh, I thought about it, literally thought about it when I first heard that they were going to do this show. I was at the original All In before it became AEW, uh, and that was special. This, on the other hand, this feels, for me, this feels nothing more than a Saudi show for the WWE. Oh. Uh I feel like, in my opinion, that's what this feels like. Because I started to realize, what would I be going for? Am I going for the wrestling? Or am I going to say I went to the UK just to go to the UK to see a wrestling show? Did it have to be AEW? That's why I was starting to think about it when the tickets went on sale. I said, huh, do I really care about who's on the card? I barely watch AEW now. And I think a lot of people, bots included, are just thinking about the resale market also, about (laughs) these desperate American fans who love AEW, who will drop whatever to go there and miss seven days of work and pay whatever copious price or ubiquitous prices they want to pay. Me personally... I can't go. I can't convince myself enough to go. God would have to be wrestling Jesus for me to actually go over to the UK to say, you know what? I flew whatever thousand miles from Texas just to see God versus Jesus. Cool. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. Seen it before in the States. Don't need to go over there for it again. So kudos to the Wembley fans that are going to be able to see this because we know the UK is a great draw because of their their fans. They will show up. They will make this an event in and of itself. Now the wrestling, the card, it has to be a one-off. There, there, it, has, it can't have any ramifications. It can't have any kind of belt implications or storylines. Make it like ECW One Night Stand. When they, when they first dropped it in the WWE banner, where they just had dream match, dream match, dream match. Greatest hit show. That that's, <laughs> that should be their goal for this. It should not be anything that's going to impact the storylines or the talent in that kind of way. Okay, Paul in our comments again broke down like this. You could say All In is them investing in themselves and taking a chance, which is, yeah, kind of what they the first All In it's, was all about. I think the, I think the only though, difference with because... this one is just – it's their European debut. Correct. So it's them investing in Europe as a marketplace it, is what it, I think they're looking at it as. In my it, is, it is totally different when you, in any level of gambling, when you go all in, that means either I'm going to win here or I'm going home broke. Mm-hmm. How does that apply to Tony Khan? So when these group of folks, Cody, the Bucks, uh, Kenny, decide to do that, they had no backing originally. No one believed in them. They did it. They got sponsors, you know, and folks got into it. But yeah, they had to empty out their bank accounts in order to go all in to put on a wrestling show, a major wrestling show that had not ever been the likes of it had never been seen before. So all in. That's why it was special, because it was like, holy shit. Like, not only are we about to get matches we've never seen before when 
But also, too, this was a small version of the Forbidden Door. You had ROH mm -hmm. folks coming in. You had the Bucks and them fresh off of their contract in um, New Japan. This looked like what the future of wrestling was going to be. What would wrestling outside of WWE looks like? This is the birth of AEW. It's the, the ramifications aren't the same. So, I, again, I think, like, saying all in is, like, okay, cool, because you got the rights to it and fine. But, like, the 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 whole backing behind what all in was, what made that special, you can't capture that again. So, yeah, if you're going to London to go all in, because Tony is clearly not going broke. Because if Tony did make a declaration of saying he was going to go all in, then this shit better look like a Comic-Con mixed with the Super Bowl, mixed with fucking NBA All-Star Weekend. And but and hell, Freaknik weekend. Throw all of that in there. <laughs> Freaknik. <laughs> just, just do it all at this point, you know. Um, but it's not going to be that. And again, I think that um, I think we 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 all have seen and attended enough of these shows to 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 kind of get that feeling of. Well, the only reason I would go is because why I've never been to Wembley. I've never been to London. But if I'm going to go there for the first time. Going in to see wrestling is the last thing I'm doing before I'm checking out. I got a whole bunch of other stuff I have to do in order to like make this a fulfilling weekend because as of right now, there's a card that doesn't exist. So I don't know what gets me excited. But hey, kudos to the folks that can go off the limb and, and put down blind money without knowing what the results are going to be, without knowing what the presentation is going to be, without knowing the scaling of what the show is going to be. If it's going to be a glorified house show, then... Expect to get house show quality. Damien, on the opposite of what you do, Saudi Arabia is totally different. Which, again, Saudi Arabia couldn't do the all-in moniker because is the Saudi prince going to go broke? But he gives you WrestleMania-ish presentation. Like, those cool. shows look special. So I think if that's what you're, if that's what people are thinking, like, well, if the Saudi prince did it, which the money, listen, we're talking about way different types of money here, okay? Correct. <laughs> but if you're thinking like, hey, they're going overseas, they're going to do something like that. Well, yeah, those are glorified house shows. But would Tony absolutely try to arise to that occasion of what the Saudi prince and them do? I, you, we don't know. We don't know. But also, I heard nobody else saying, hey, I'm going to uh, superstars uh, showdown and uh, uh, whatever they, all those shows are called. Because no one knows what they were going to be originally. But now you got a little bit of grain of confidence. That's like, if I did want to go to Saudi Arabia, at least I know I'm getting a WrestleMania-ish type of show, you know? They do one in Dubai. That'd be nuts, by the way. What if the all-in portion is them going all-in just on overseas touring? Like, what if this flops and all of a sudden the matches suck? It's not great quality. Is the all-in just them trying to reach a new market and realizing how niche they really are if this fails? Because in this realm, how is it different than when Vince tried WrestleMania for the first time? Mm. In the terms of taking a chance on something that may, like you said, two champs, make you go broke. Maybe the going broke part for Tony Khan and co is then they know they can't run overseas because their fan base is so niche and so, and so bubble-fied that it won't travel well. So I think that might be the all-in portion that I'm thinking about if it fails. Well, I think oh, it's Paul interesting. says you get it. He says you just nailed it. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, that they say all-in. Imagine abandoning the whole fan base, though. Yeah, they say all-in on a safe bet. Correct. So this isn't <laughs> exactly, you know, like the, the, the biggest risk. I mean, uh, AEW has a massive audience in the UK, a uh, bigger <laughs> audience in WWE. They can obviously get people from to come over from Europe because that's a two-hour flight from the furthest reaches of Europe or Northern Africa or whatever. So it makes sense logistically. Khan has you know, a presence in the area already for a number of different reasons. And and then, you know, they have the show. And then, of course, the show is going to get people hyped, even if it taps out at 52,000. And, you know, they can still scale around that. So actually, I think that they don't know what this what even looks like yet. Right. Because if they sell it out, then expect a smaller presentation, but you get 90,000 people screaming their heads off. If they don't, and they only get 60,000 based on 52 right now, then they could spring for a bigger presentation, WrestleMania style, but you can't Close do both. off one end of the building or something. Yeah. And you, you yeah. can't do both. And because we're still what three or four months away, they have more than enough time to figure out logistically what that's going to look like. So if they cap out at 75,000, who knows? You know, it could be somewhere in the middle. So, there, you know, I think it could be a thing. And I think that also it may sound like we're, you know, kind of 
you know, denigrating the show a little bit, but we're coming from the perspective of we've been to the shows. Yeah. I was just at, you know, Dynamite in Baltimore yesterday. Uh, you know, I'm going to be back there in June in D.C. Uh, and, I've you know, we've all been to AEW shows. So this isn't as special as it is to us, as it will be for a lot of you out there that are going to the show in Wembley or your first show anywhere for the first time. And yeah. there were those moments where I was like, well, goddamn, this is history that I'm looking at. Um, and in a lot of ways, the AEW show in London is going to be that moment for a lot of people. So good on you. Yeah, and Tony Khan's the numbers person. He will absolutely look at the numbers and keep scaling it up more and more and more. I could imagine he said, let's do 30, let's do 40, let's do 50, let's do 60. He's going to keep packing it and packing it until he can. I think at the end of the day, as long as the ticket's sold, then they could go to work on putting the show together. But and I at, think this, that's... at this point, they're safe. They got 50,000 yeah. people. Yeah. They're, they've already, they're, they're breathing easy now. Now it's all gravy at this point, I think. So they'll, they'll be good. Let's switch gears with our final moments here. Because we need to take a moment and pour <laughs> one out for the end of AEW Dark and Elevation. I, I know, I know, I know. Jamal is feeling this one because this was his show. Dark and Elevation were his jam, and the word is, as of this week, they are done for the foreseeable future as they begin restructuring for Saturday nights. So, Jamal, get in here first. What? what, what this was your show, AEW Dark. I make this. I make this quick because we're up against the wall. It's not that dark and elevation are going because for a lot of times, a lot of people that didn't understand the concept uh, questions is it's very existence. Well, now it ain't there anymore. So shut the hell up. But it, for me, uh, it was the only real surprise left in AEW. You didn't know who was going to show up. You didn't know what they were going to do. And it wasn't about the wins and losses. It was about the proving ground. Uh, and we've seen a number of people that whose uh, star uh, power has risen because of dark, because of that exposure, well, it's just the YouTube show where if they're wrestling in front of 50 people in Maine and now you have 25,000 people, you know, watching them over the week, 100,000 over the next week, that raises your star power. And we've seen, a, you know, I know that I've definitely said sign that man after Dark um, or a performance at Dark. And Willow Nightingale might not be in AEW if it weren't for Dark. Emi Sakura might be back in Japan if it weren't for Dark. And a number of people that had the opportunity to reinvent themselves because of Dark. So. It will be definitely be missed by me. Uh, and, you know, if you don't understand, then maybe it's just you're just watching only one show and that's all it is for you. But cool. Now, the thing that really, really annoys me isn't the fact that it's gone. It's the fact that it was just unceremoniously, you know, rubbed out uh, for what it was. It, it, you know, came in at the same time the Dynamite did and it left like the Colts did, you know, from Baltimore to, you know, in the middle of the night. And sorry, sorry, uh, Baltimore, but but still, like a thief in the night. And I think, you know, the show deserves a little bit of respect that AEW's given it. And, you know, more than just a clip show, more than just a mention, and they haven't even mentioned anything about Dark. It's just a, you know, it's the word on the street and the obvious fact that it didn't appear on Tuesday. So it's kind of like, damn. Um, you had something there. It carried you through the pandemic, and then now that you don't need it anymore, eh. Clearly, the, clearly the pandemic didn't exist. That's that's where I get from this. But but I mean, look, to give it back to you real quick, I mean, obviously this this is speculated by ruling of Warner Brothers Discovery in terms of them wanting to have all of their content be on their networks, which we know that, uh, or we don't know, but it's rumored that um, the new collision show is coming so if you have that then you can't have these others as a uh, jay uh smark out i'm guessing that's what it is is uh, cm punk supposed to debut on collision what if they market him for the uk show he's their biggest draw in my opinion he's absolutely their biggest draw and i think you are going to have to somehow get him uh within uh that car uh makes sense but i, I jamal I just want to know like how does this why, why would this make sense for warner brothers discovery to want to control the content coming from out of this um well, uh, you're working under the assumption that i believe that because i really don't and 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 the simple truth is you know that, how i feel <laughs> um right the simple truth is that warner brothers uh already has the shows that they want and you know they don't have a problem with rampage the people do uh whatever the uh, ratings are for the reality show that they're doing um is working well for them too and, of course, Dynamite, even though they had the lowest rating in a, quite some time, like three quarters of a million, well below their average. 
um, because it wasn't a good show. But even though the the ratings are whatever they are, they're still better than Warner Brothers ever anticipated. So cool. As far as why can't they uh, have, you know, why can't they keep dark and and keep elevation? And then there's just not enough time. And and to be fair, Khan doesn't want to spend the money on running multiple dates in a week. Um, So it it made sense they had to go. And then flying back to Florida, taping a month worth of Ring of Honor, you know, and throwing dark and elevation in there. You know, the tapings didn't match up. It it was kind of losing its way at the end. So I don't believe that... um, that Warner Brothers is so hard on for more AEW content that they had to axe the YouTube show. Like, <laughs> we want Collision. Well, what about right. Dark? Fuck them. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think it <laughs> yeah. was like that. It's logistics. It's logistics of adding this Saturday night show. Yeah, I mean, you know, Khan doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to run more. Khan doesn't want to spend more money. He doesn't have to. Um, Dark isn't isn't necessary to the television audience, uh, but it's necessary to logistics of the brand. So. Well. It's 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 like triple A baseball. You would not cut a minor league team. You can't do that. You need people to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, it has to coexist. My but my, my now quick, that it doesn't my quick thoughts on this is why they if they are getting another show, we know that was not an easy ass. We know Warner Brothers Discovery has been very careful about any type of new content or uh releases that they have. So if you're gonna get a new show, you gotta come up with a business plan that makes sense to them. I'm thinking they pitched their numbers for Elevation and Dark and said, this is what we can do. Imagine if we do it on your network. They say, fine. So if that's the case, then those need to go because why would you let all three of these compete with one another, especially if we were pitching an idea in terms of what these numbers can, what this show could do on our network and these are the numbers you had. If you had a choice to check out those shows earlier in the week, and God damn it, this is going to be on a Saturday. If you ain't burnt out, I need to know what you what you taking. Hard cause... sell to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So Jamal, especially when like, college hey. football starts up. Yep. yep. Because yep. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Colorado State uh, Colorado Buffaloes fan uh, from since day one, and day one was last week. So yep. uh, me and Coach Prime ain't watching uh, Collision on Saturday. <laughs> so yeah, I think like the best way to kind of. Um, navigate that traffic is by letting this be the premier spot for this other uh, this uh, this show that could be dark elevation altogether just on the network. So, you know, now, now, now here's the thing though: you say that it's dark and elevation on the network. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm saying, like, but if that is the common thought, well, why would they do that when Rampage exists? I mean, I you know, and obviously this this the third show is here, so that you know, so that is what you, it is. You get a check. You get a nice substantial check. I, from I just can't imagine. As much as I would love to see it happen, I can't imagine QT versus Action Andretti on TNT for no reason. It was a good match. I was there for that match. Star making match for Action Andretti, but I just can't imagine it happening. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine them purposely putting on a Saturday night's main event uh, for AEW. Check, check. That's all it is. It, listen, Warner Bros. Discovery is only caring about the numbers it brings in, and Tony Khan's looking at the, the check that comes from out of it. Other than that, they say, we've been doing this successfully on this platform for this long with these numbers. We could do it on there. Cool. Handshake. And everybody walks the other way. But again, I told you, I do not feel that Warner Bros. Discovery absolutely values wrestling in a way that wrestling fans think they do. They're prime focus. You, you know how I know that they don't? Rampage comes on tomorrow at 6.30. Set your DVR. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably our spot right there yep, yep. <laughs> i think that nails it mm-hmm. folks thanks for tuning in thursday night your big gold belt wrestling podcast is here each and every week 8 p.m who knows what we'll be getting into next week because it'll be another drama filled week we'll be back from a uh, puerto rico with a backlash this weekend so we'll have that to talk about and i guess the beginning of the draft and if we have any more dirt on what's going on with aew and uh this Wembley show or what the, if, if we even hear about collision at some point, this Saturday show has to be announced at some point. It has to exist. And there's still no word on that. So who knows when that's coming down the pike, but in the meantime, at big gold belt on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all that good stuff. You can always find us at big gold belt. And of course at BigGoldBelt.com on the web, for all your uh, wrestling and comic books and entertainment stuff. I'm sure two chains on there can tell you all about guardians of the galaxy volume yeah. three opening this weekend. 
he was there for that last week. So we're your one-stop shop for all kinds of stuff, whether it's entertainment, wrestling, comic books, you name it, biggoldbelt.com. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Always glad to have you here. 8 p.m. Thursday night's podcast drops tomorrow, Friday morning on all your favorite podcast platforms. We will see you next week. Thanks for being here, and we will talk to you.